Welcome to A Talk of Opportunity, a podcast about Dungeons and & Dragons and other things. This is Jose. And I'm Andrew. And today we're going to be talking about Dragon Heights. Great. So welcome to uh, our first uh, podcast ever. Um, we are here because we like Dungeons & Dragons and other stuff. And I figure that uh, instead of just texting each other constantly, we can actually put our thoughts into something productive. Uh, so, Well, take texting each other and constantly blowing up the facebook chat. <laughs> so I, i'm sorry if you guys are listening to if our friends are listening to this uh, we do that a lot um but anyways um <laughs> yeah for anyone for any more fr- uh, f- friends that are listening this you're just gonna be retreading old <laughs> <laughs> yep one day you may be a, a guest on our show maybe i don't know perhaps and uh, uh just uh just a quick warning i'm I'm sick. <laughs> I'm coming off a really bad. Cold, We've been planning so. this for like a month, and now you get sick. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, well, I should I should probably also add that um, it's for the first time ever. It's not 98 degrees with 101 uh, uh, percent chance of humidity. So that means it's the first day of fall. Oh yeah, for 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 those of you that care, we're actually in Florida, where 100 degrees weather is norm. So I. Anything under 90 is actually very nice and welcome. So that's why I'm also violently ill because it's such a rapid because because it went from it went from 98 to a to a uh, frigid 82. Oh man, you, you did not wear your jacket? <laughs> no, oh, I didn't. Um, so uh, we figured we could start by talking a little bit about us and our history with Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, well, okay, so let's let's just get this out of the way. All right. So much to the sh- much um, to the chagrin of our significant others, uh, me and Jose here are really into Dungeons and Dragons, and for us, at least, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about Jose, but at least I know for me, it's it's a it's a pretty significant part of not only like my childhood but also my current life. And so, and so, I just figured we'd just use this sort of introductory episode to uh, discuss how we uh, how we got into it because we've been playing since. Well, I don't know about you, but I've been playing since what? Since three point five. So, so I've been I've been in this scene for a while. <laughs> well, I'm a little bit more of a baby when it comes to it because I really got into it. Uh, when fifth edition came out, and even then it was two years after. Um, <clears throat> but I think I, I actually I don't think I have told you this, but my first my very first introduction to Dungeons and Dragons was actually when I first came to the states. I was in freshman year of high school, and I had a friend, and his name was Roberto. He was a Venezuelan kid, and of course I'm Venezuelan, so we were friends automatically because why not? Um, he invited me one day to his house. Uh, well, I used to go there all the time, and he, but he asked me to print. For him, a bunch of sheets. I had no idea what the hell it was. Sends me the PDF, and I, I print it out. It's like a massive. Like he wanted like a bunch of them, so I get like all this stuff. And um, I barely know any English, so I don't know what the hell is going on. I get to his house, and we actually make a character together. But now looking back, it was actually I think Dungeons and Dragons three, uh, the third edition. Uh-huh. And he had like a we. <laughs> Of course, we went into his garage and he had like a little like uh, dungeon already made. And we sort of played. He tried to explain the rules to me 
but not knowing English and him and him having a hard time translating the rules really didn't put me off, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah, there was um, there was a language barrier. Yeah. Uh so and that that thought came to my that that memory came to my head uh last uh, this week when I was thinking about like when I actually started Dungeons and Dragons. Uh really? yeah, but for me it was fifth edition with the stutter set. Um I was at work and uh, we were planning we were planning the uh, to do an evening of Dungeons and Dragons with a friend of mine, and another another friend from work, which at that time we weren't that close, uh, asked me if he could join. And he looked like a little bit of a jock, so I was just like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Uh, didn't expect him to uh, to come over. It was that same night, which is already hard enough to get people together. Um, yeah, but it was that same night, so I was expecting him to say no. He was he he told me he was going to check with his girlfriend. Little did I know, by the end of the workday, he told me that they were coming over. So I had to make them both uh, uh, character sheets and characters for them to jump into the starter set. Right. And uh, to this day, they are two of my best players. And that's how we became friends. Really? I love you, Alex and Heather. Please don't leave me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, well, I didn't. I, I, I kind of had an inkling who you were talking about. I didn't want to call him out on it. I'm gonna call them out. I'm gonna call everybody out. <laughs> bunch of bunch of nerds. Fucking nerds. But yes, um, yeah. Not surprisingly, actually, thinking back, that's that's my start on Dungeons and Dragons. Huh. Know, yeah, it actually goes back before even I met you, Andrew. <clears throat> Look at that. Is that. Everything is everything is connected. <laughs> Nothing is real. Time is a construct. Well, you're you're telling me something I already know, so that's all right. But okay, so so I guess so you you so you've dived in, dived into your history. So I guess I guess we can just go back and and you know talk about my first experience. So this was when I was let's see the very first time I got introduced into Dungeons and Dragons was I had a friend in middle school um, who who's who will be unnamed. Um, anyways, I had a friend in middle school, and we would and I would go over to his house a lot. And his brothers were into Dungeons and Dragons. And it was something that, like, I never really, like, at the time knew about or really cared about or anything like that. You know, because we, you know, this is when, like, Halo 1 and 2 was out. So that's, that's, that's what we were doing. We were mainly playing, you know, video games and crap. Well, um, what was it? One of those years, we were hit by, I want to say three or four hurricanes consecutively Uh, 2004 what a time to be alive yeah so and and right before (laughs) right before the first hurricane hit i went over to his house thinking nothing of it because i was a kid and i had no idea of like you know danger about like weather and that kind of crap and and then so the hurricane hit while i was at his house and and I called my dad and he's like, no, just stay there. It's totally fine. Cause I, I mean, I, I live like right down the road from his house. So I, I honestly, I bicycled to and from his house, but, but even still my dad's like, no, just stay there. You're just, you're fine. I know where you're at. So just stay put. And then the power went out. And so, and so we're all just kind of sitting around by, uh, by candlelight and we had nothing to do. And so, and so my, my, at the time, my friend's older brother, he 
he said, hey, do you guys, you know, you guys want to try Dungeons and Dragons? I'm like, well, you know, and, and at the time, this was, okay, I'm going to blow your mind here. This was before Dungeons and Dragons was cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> this, this was this was before we had Mike Man, Man, Mangi, Man, uh, uh, Joe Mangalini. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and and you know before we had Vin Diesel and Matt Mercer and stuff like that. So I wow. I, I was always under under the presumption that Dungeons and Dragons was like a weird nerdy like thing for losers. Hmm. So so uh, so I was a little hesitant at first. And you know, you also gotta think. You also gotta think at the time, you know, that it was still conceived. You know, it it was still that was the concept of rap, You know, wrapped around it was that this was right. for people that ironically, ironically, the stereotype was that Dungeons and Dragons was for people that didn't have friends, despite the fact that you needed at Make least three to four friends to play. Yeah, right. Um, so like, I was a little hesitant at first, but then I, I, you know, I was like, well, we have nothing better to do, so might as well. And he ran us a short little adventure. I made a fighter, just a normal, you know, sword and board kind of guy. And it was essentially, uh, what was the adventure? I think, I think we were just trying to like get rid of like giant spiders out of like some farmer's like grove or some crap like that. But it got me hooked. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And what, and what started after that was like, Almost, I want to say seven years of like weekly playing after that. Oh man, you're so lucky. You were young when you yeah. you were young when you were playing it. Well, it was also three point five, so <laughs> I don't know how lucky I was. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, for, from what I know, the little I know about it, three point five was actually one of the most uh, favorite ones. Three three point five was awesome, but it was also incredibly crunchy. Mm. Like there was so, I mean, I mean, not, not so much to the point of like Pathfinder and stuff like that, but there was quite a bit of math involved. I mean, if you want, I could pull up, <laughs> I could pull up the chart for a cleric's bonus spells and how that factors into their wisdom score. And you can just try to wrap your mind around that. That's, so. that's okay. I mean, it, you gifted me when I moved to, uh, to go to uh, Orlando to college. Uh, you gifted me your handbook of 3.5, which I still have, by the way. Um, and it's, it's falling apart. It's falling apart. It's, <laughs> it's, it seems some years. But the thing is that I remember, dude, at one point, because I went to a very nerdy school, I guess you could say. Uh, and everybody, of course, was playing Dungeons and & Dragons and all that stuff. And I just kind of wanted to get into it. But I, the school was overwhelming. And I remember opening that book and just trying to learn it without anybody guiding me was a little too overwhelming. Like I already had enough homework for me to it it really was. It really was homework cuz I cuz I remember cuz up there uh, up until a certain point I always had my characters made for me. So I'd be like, "Okay, I want a barbarian or okay, I want a wizard or okay, I want a cleric." Oh wait, no, no, no. Never mind. I don't want a cleric. <laughs> um and no, that's actually that that's actually what it would be like. It would be like, "I want this." And it'd be like, "No, you don't." Okay, I guess I don't then. Um so then I'm like, well, can I just borrow the book and I'll just, you know, read it. And surprisingly, they did. They let me borrow the book. And for a whole like it, it was legitimately a whole day. I like sat down and actually read it. 
and figured it out. And, 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 and I'm like, this is, this is homework. Yeah. <laughs> like there's actually like, not, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say like math and stuff involved, but this is like, if, if anyone has filled out a tax form, <laughs> they'll know, they'll, they'll know the experience of, of filling out a 3.5 E character sheet. It wasn't, it wasn't so, as streamlined as it is now for sure. Uh, which, I mean, I know some people, hard, some hardcore players out there really miss that kind of stuff, but by the same mm-hmm. token, it, it's, it's made it so available for everybody to just kind of like join in and it makes sense right away. Oh, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I could not be happier with 5e. I love how I can just kind of crack out a character in about 20 minutes, yep. you know? And and I just love I just love like the the I don't want to say accessibility but ease of use. Yep, and that's what you know? talking about. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and so that way it doesn't like push people away with you know plus two to your attack roll, but because they have three quarters cover, they get a plus four to their AC. But it's also a favorite enemy of yours, so you get another plus two. It's just like, oh no. <laughs> 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 yeah. Where where is this one? It's like, did you surprise them? Okay. You get you get advantage. Yeah. So just roll two D twenties, take the highest one. Boom, go. Yeah, no, I mean I, I personally think that uh 5e is the most uh ease of use for everybody. Uh you know, you don't have to be a nerd <laughs> to know it. Uh which I hate right. word, by the way, but I'm gonna use it because everybody knows what it means. Um but you know, uh Funny, funny enough, I just thinking about like how how I went ahead and purchased uh, the starter set. You just reminded me was because do you remember the game we played uh, the first time we played um, a hunting in the house of the hill or whatever? Betrayal, the house of the hill. Yes, yeah. That yeah. was the catalyst for me to actually jump into Dungeons and Dragons. I can kind of, I can kind of understand why because it's very bare bones, like tabletop RPG yep. in a way. Because it was like a, like a, like a, you, you know? build your dungeon as you go, essentially. And yeah, it's it's a, it's essentially a dungeon crawl with very basic like stats. Yep. And I remember going to my local store and asking to like, you know, what other games were like that, and the dude was like, well, you know, if you like that kind of stuff, you may like Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm like. I do like Dungeons and Dragons. Why don't I just try it? And I bought the box. I read it, and it was like, "Holy crap! This is really easy to just run." And I became the group's yeah. default DM, and I've been DMing since then. That was like what, two thousand and five, six, two thousand six. I mean, six, two thousand six. Yeah, about to say, Jesus <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not that far back. Uh, no, two thousand, yeah, like fifteen, two thousand sixteen. I think it was. Um, so I've been at it for like two years, three years, which is great. I love it. Um, and which reminds me, just uh, we just finished uh, Dragon Heist. Um, and by the way, uh, just so you know, Andrew is one of my players in the in, in my games. Uh, right now, he's taking the mantle of uh, Dungeon Master, so I can take a break, which I really appreciate. Right, right. We this all all of this pretext is going to factor into what i have to say about dragon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we 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 played a couple of uh, adventures together already uh we finished tomb of, tomb of annihilation which was uh it was actually a pretty fun game in my opinion and andrew jumped in towards the the end of that game um and in, 
Yeah, I would say I would say probably at the, like the yeah, last yeah, pretty act. much uh, the last the, the the tomb of the nine gods essentially. Um, but instead of me taking a break uh, so I can you know recharge my batteries, uh, I, I kind of just jump straight into Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I mean, you mean Dragon Heist. <laughs> yes, Dragon Heist. Uh, straight on. I mean, I mean, we finished one week. We finished uh, Tomb of Annihilation. The next week, we started Dungeons uh, Dungeon. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, Dragon Heist, Waterdeep Dragon Heist. That's what I want to say. Um, now, now, before we go any further, I just want to let the listeners be aware this was something yeah. unusual. Yes, for because you. because because you had ran Storm King Thunder before, and you took a brief hiatus right. between that and Tomb of Annihilation, right? Yeah. So because I wasn't. I wasn't at the table presently because of my schedule, but I I do remember when you were you you were pretty much giving me the play by play of Storm King's Thunder. Yeah, and 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 you know halfway through Storm King's Thunder, Tomb of Annihilation came out. We were we were we were freaking out about it because it was essentially Vietnam. <laughs> Dungeon Dragon, Dungeon Dragons Vietnam Edition. Yes, yes, and I made it. I remember when we first went into the jungle. I played um, the fortunate song, song for everybody. Hell yeah! <laughs> well, they were turning through the jungle and it started raining. I'm like, yes, this is. But, but, um, but, anyways, but after you after you finished Storm King's Thunder, which unfortunately I was not a part of, but you know, alas, whatever. There's more adventures coming out. Um. But after you had finished Storm King's Thunder, you took like, what, like a week or two off? It was almost like a month, wasn't it? Well, yeah, and, and it, it, for some reason, it always seemed to have played out that way, is that we're done around December, which is holiday time. And of course, right. everybody's schedules is crazy, so we just decided to take a break for, right. for that month. And both Storm King's Thunder and Tomb of Annihilation both ended uh, uh, around that time. Right. But the problem, the problem with Tomb of Annihilation was that you just kind of, and I think, I think a lot of this had to do with the fact that you went from Storm King Thunder was tabletop, yes, and Tomb of Annihilation was on roll twenty. Well, it was originally tabletop, and then two of my players moved to Tampa, right? Which, by the way, yeah. those two players are the same ones that are my best players ever, um, because. Wow, I'm right here. No, wow. no, you're not. You don't count. No, because they drove. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, they drove biweekly from Tampa to Orlando to play at my tabletop. Well, I could do that too. No, no, I just won't. no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Heather would bring cookies and all sorts of treats. It was great. Until one time, I was like, "Damn it, I feel bad. Let's move this to roll 20. Hey everybody! Welcome to the Heather and Alex cast. Yes. Where we talk about Heather and Alex—they're my heroes. <laughs> I love you too, Howard. <laughs> um, no, but anyways, they're, they're angels, and um, they, eventually, because of that, we moved to Roll Twenty. Which at first we were a little hesitant because you know uh, it's more like a video game, blah, blah, blah. but it actually allowed us to play it almost weekly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 rate at which you guys could play was uh exponential yeah <laughs> compared to tabletop yes and and i think oh and now i think that's what happened actually uh, if i remember correctly is we we sped up through it so so fast that we were done by what may i think it was 
or before May. I, so we, I'm we, we, entirely sure. So I didn't get the, the holiday break that we usually get because in my brain, when I get obsessed with something, I have to do it. Right. So I just jump straight to Waterdeep. Um, um, but also, also another important, well, important for me, another important thing is that with the inclusion of using Roll20 and not having it be set on a certain day and like the schedules being more fluid, I was able to jo- join that's and true. jump in. So, yay. <laughs> yay, another player. Uh, yay me, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, anyways, so... Wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate all my players. This is, you know, this is for, you know, comedic relief. Mm-hmm. Okay, Andrew? Don't take it personally. Uh, no, it's okay. it's okay. I'll remember that curse of strong. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, the reason we're talking about all this stuff is because Dragon, Dungeons and Dragons, Waterdeep, Dragon Heist, it started very strong. And I made it very clear to my players that it was going to be a very role-play-heavy game. And the first few sessions, I want to say the first, what, three or four sessions? I would say three or four. Yeah, yeah. they were very much really fun. They were very um, out of the ordinary for my group. Because my group is used to save the world, kill the dragons, fight the giants, you know. And this was just like water deep inside the city city life, random encounters on the streets, crazy beggars, crazy uh, um, uh, people on the street and all kinds of stuff. Tax day, uh, which actually we managed to actually be outside on the streets on tax day so that we didn't get taxed, uh, which it was fun. But as we kept going, I guess my mental exhaustion alongside of the adventure being very vague about the stuff uh, at which point do players get different things uh different different clues and having at the end that's good about laying that out in a way that players can like pick up quickly my brain was just too tired for that um it was burnout yeah and it sadly it led to the players my table just kind of being like, all right, let's move on. We're almost done with this. Let's get going. Because originally yeah. I had amazing backstories uh, integrated with the city for, I think, three of the four players. Uh, we explored one of them, which was yours, Andrew, which with your dad and yeah. your dead brother, of course. Um, somebody had to die. Uh, I know. That's all right. yeah, we will remember him. Um, but I was so exhausted <laughs> that I just I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And I feel bad because I ran a game not at my 100%. Uh, but by the same token, that led to you guys realizing that my brain just can't do it. That, you know, back to back. And you step forward and Heather step forward uh, right. to DM. Um, but this is, you know, this, this is a little bit of like the DM side of things. Like I, I should have taken a break. Um, it was a lot of fun to run. It was a good campaign for a for a for a type of player. We realized and we learned towards the end of that campaign of, of uh, Waterdeep that our table is not really about that kind of stuff. It's more about fight the giants, save the world from the death curse, you know, the, the right. big epics. Because yeah, we 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 tend, we like that. We touch that easier. You know, a table out there is probably gonna have a blast role-playing through the whole campaign because in all reality you guys didn't even have to kill anything 
you can role play all the things. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit of uh, my side of the story from my end. Uh, I haven't heard much from the players. And since you're one of the players, I mean, if you want to go in deep with Dragon Heights and hurt my feelings, that's okay. So here's here's what I have to say about <laughs> about Dragon Heist. Um and and I just I just kind of want to get this out of the way and I don't I don't want you to take it personally. I'm going to take it personally. Well, then you're just going to have to deal with it. Be a big boy. <laughs> no. But I but I thought what I what I wanted out of that game versus what I got were two totally separate things. Like I was I was expecting like a sort of like I guess sort sort of more like a criminal based thing. You know, because the word dragon heist, you know, kind of made me think that okay this is probably going to be like more like Ocean's Eleven thing. Yeah, I mean, and it didn't it didn't, it didn't play out that way, and that's fine. That's 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 not my qualms with it. But the thing about it is, I thought the ending was pretty. It left much to be desired. Yes. yes. And 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 when and when I say and when I say that, let let me give you some context. So you're a DM. I'm a DM. We have we have ran or at least read some adventures beforehand. And usually the formula usually the formula is that um you know the players the players will, you know, have their adventure or whatnot. They'll meet, you know, they'll meet some allies and and whatnot. And then and then they'll probably cap out at usually like level ten maybe 11 if your dm is like generous enough but the challenge that you're going to be facing is much higher than that so so you're along the way you're supposed to be obtaining magical items powers abilities and stuff like that to kind of uh like supplement the that power gap you understand yeah okay so and this is spoilers for Tomb of the Nine Gods. <laughs> so just, you know, skip ahead. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Exactly. So so in Tomb of Annihilation and Tomb of the Nine Gods, our players would be possessed by one of the nine gods. And what that would do is that that would give us superhuman abilities in the form of a stat going to like, what, 24? Yep. Or something like no, that? No, it, yeah. it, was, it was, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun, actually, by the way. Yeah. Props to and props so, to Chris Perkins and all the team and Wizards of the Coast. That was really fun to actually play and and DM. Right, and 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 some of the adventures I read, you know, things like that kind of happen too. Like you know, you 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 obtain something that kind of gives you that edge over the main villain. Because otherwise, if you were if you were to fight Asarak, the Lich, who is like what CR eighteen, like out the book, yeah, who is out the book, like if you if you just fight him just with your base level ten characters, you're gonna get wiped. Yep. So, so those so the possession of the nine gods kind of fill in that gap. Well, 
in the and and the final encounter of of Dragon Heist, you know, we 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 finally figured out who was behind the whole thing and whatnot, but we didn't get any of that. We you know we didn't get a little something to help us with the encounter. Instead, what we got was that we got our asses saved by by Mert of the Harpers, and you know, and uh, Rainier never remember. Rainier never remember and Safar of Black Tower. Yeah, and oh yeah, Blackstaff Tower, and that would be okay, except for one thing, and that was my character. Uh, he was a monk, a way of the open palm monk. He, he, during his turn, he went up to the, to the big bad evil guy and I rolled, I rolled for an attack and I rolled really well. It was a 22 to hit. And you told me, no, that does not hit. And I, I was like, my, my, my first immediate thought was, okay, if a 22 can't hit this guy, then we're not meant to fight him. We're not meant. We're not meant to go up and attack him. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yep. And that is exactly what was supposed to happen, which I don't understand, because uh, even in the in the book as it was written, backup shows up, and it's enough backup to take the the, the spotlight of of the characters. Uh, we we fought Jarlaxle, by the way, or. I ran Jarlaxle. Um, and I was reading the thing towards the end. And, and just, I, first of all, I was exhausted, like you guys already know. But I was reading it, I'm just like, this is bullshit. Because he was supposed to get away, or he was supposed to convince the players uh, to work with him, give him the money. There was no satisfying bit there, other than it's about the trip, not the destination type situation. At least, that, at least that's how it seemed to me. Perhaps I'd run it wrong. Perhaps a much better DM than me can make it a lot more entertaining. But that's how it was on the books, on, in the book. And that, you, by the way, he was an AC 24. Oh my gosh. So the only hits he got was from, was from the backups. Or or it, or if you scored a a, uh, a natural twenty, yeah, and also because natural twenty natural twenty is always hit right. regardless. And also, um, what's it called? Uh, you guys don't get level five until the end of that, mm-hmm. so it doesn't even make sense, you know. And I get it; it's a level one through five. It was supposed to be like an introduction to Waterdeep and the crime scene and all this stuff. Uh, perhaps Jarlaxle was probably the the least convenient, or the least, Jarlaxle um, uh, was probably the, the least convenient one for me to run at that mental stage. Maybe I should have picked another one of the villains that it would have been a little bit more of like a fight, you know, like a dungeon crawl type situation instead of just trying to figure stuff out. Um, but yeah, dude, right. that's, that's how, that's how it was to that bit on the books. And, and I think, I think the real problem with that is, is that when, because that wasn't how our players were going to walk out of that, you know. Right. That wasn't how, because like I'm not, I'm not saying we're all like thespians and crap like that. So we're all like super role play heavy. 
but even me who like really likes to role play and stuff like that and really cares about character development and plot that was not how my character was going to walk out of that situation right like my character was not going to be talked down <laughs> by the guy who who thought it was a good idea to murder his my character's brother and stuff like that and essentially start all this crap when my character was a you know was a former member of the watch and stuff like that and was a lawful individual right i mean to be fair yeah. your brother was a, 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 a side effect of the explosion he wasn't really aimed towards him but no i know but yeah i, I know, know exactly what you mean and so and so i think i think this the weird thing about that is is that when when you have an encounter like that where and you know, a lot of people could probably misinterpret it as saying like, oh, they just wanted to hit things. And yeah, you know, that's to some people, that's kind of the game, right. you know, like, yeah, but, but the thing about that is, is that that whole encounter, I felt like, and again, this isn't, this isn't a slight against you, but I felt like that during that whole encounter, I'm like, we, we don't have to be here, you know, like, like Mert and Rainier can just, Mert and Rainier did solve the problem. Yep. Yep. Like, like, why, why, why are we as the players even here at this point? Because we we couldn't do anything. We were we were constantly either not hitting the targets because of their high AC or trying to revive one another because we kept getting down. Yep. You know, and it was just like and, I don't know. And just so you know. There was another bit very similar to that encounter early on that I decided not to run because it was just bullshit. I just wanted to get past it. Remember when? Remember when you guys uh, when after the the rooftop chase? Mm-hmm. Um, that little bit on that area with the with the tugs and all that, like with the, where you guys actually got this ton of galore and everything. Right. That was a. That was a. That was a. That was supposed to be a dragged out scene where the two uh, gunslingers essentially make time until they can escape with the Stone of Galore. Really? Yeah. And then you guys were supposed to like kill it when they were on a boat, and then the Stone of Galore was going to go underwater. And then you guys were supposed to like get this thing to go underwater and get the Stone of Galore. And I'm just like, why? You know, luckily you guys actually did pretty, the the part with the with the bandits that you guys hire them, that part was in the books. So you guys did that, which made it a lot easier. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they were supposed to run away. And I don't know. I, I don't, I don't understand. And after that, you guys were going to go into like, which actually kind of sounded, kind of sound, sounded like a lot of fun uh, to go into like a pirate ship. It's not really a pirate ship. It's a, it's Charles Axel's ship. And then uh-huh. figured out uh, where the stone of glory is. But that whole thing was based on you guys role-playing your way through it and not killing or as with as little fight as possible. You know, and and the thing about that is is that like I I appreciate Wizards of the Coast trying something different. Yes. I really do. You know, because you can't just have dungeon crawl after dungeon crawl yep. and whatnot. You know, and 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 I think it's kind of ironic that immediately after they came out with this, they came out with uh, was it uh, Salt March? Oh, oh, uh, no, no, Dungeon no, of no, the Mad no. Mage. 
yeah, Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which is just essentially a mega dungeon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but it's just, I man, I don't know. There was a lot. There was a lot of lot of times where like, where like I could see like your frustration yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, I could see. And, I could see it on you guys' face too. Uh, I feel like I failed in like providing you guys with the proper clues and descriptions. But I, I like I told you earlier, I didn't want to like just hold your hand through the whole thing, but and which I did at some points, but it felt like I just had to do it through the whole campaign, which at that point I was just kind of like, then what's the point? Like, you know, like there were some, there were some bits in the book that I was just like, how are you supposed, how are the players supposed to find this out without me being like blatantly obvious? Like, Oh, it's a shiny stone on the wall or some bullshit like that. Right. You know, and it was a nice break. I'm going to say that from, from the epics. Uh, I feel like we did enjoy the fa- the first few the first few um, sessions that we had. It was a lot of fun to role play uh, Volo and Rainier and Flu and uh, the purple the so 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 uh, blob the the shop the purple shop. Like oh no, that wasn't even his name. His name wasn't so blob. His name was Gaybar. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but the store, the name of the store was so blob, and then your dad's house, and that that was a lot of fun uh, to do. Right. And and I do appreciate it. Um, and one thing I learned from it is to take a break, <laughs> take a breather between adventures, and jump straight to another adventure. Um, and I, I think, I think another thing that's important is that, again, this isn't this is Dungeons and Dragons. There is a whole spectrum, a whole rainbow of people that play this game. Yes. And I think it just boiled down to that we were not the people this game was marketed to. Yeah, and and talking about marketing, calling it a dragon heist. Uh, not the, when there's no heist. Not, not, be, not, not the best name out there for the book. I mean, when I first saw the book that was going to release, I really thought it was a Ocean's Eleven dragon heist, you know, oh, steal the jewels type situation, which really, right. really got me excited. Uh, because 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 you you told me there was a bit in the book that was just for running good aligned characters, right? So so I was immediately expecting this to be like okay we have to break into some sort of dwarven bank or some mm-hmm. crap like mm-hmm. this and do like some sort of you know some some sort of like actual heist and and like you know the good characters are you know they're making the best of a bad situation right. kind of a thing right. you know yeah and, and I I read the book. And as I was reading it, I realized that it wasn't really a, the heist already happened. Uh, yeah. It was like the you know the leftovers and, and finding the money. Uh, you know, it was fine. Uh, we learned that we do like role playing. We don't like five like five levels of role playing on a, on, a, on an adventure. <laughs> we like role playing, but we also like to hit things. Yeah, yeah pretty much. There, there, pretty much. There has to be a balance for us, yep. for our group at least. Dude, and I, now I and I learned. I just want to say that I learned a lot about improvising too, because a lot of the a lot of the areas in the book that you guys visited were very very barren. They were empty, um, and it was up to the DM. Which, it, to be fair, this was what my third campaign, fourth if you if you let me see uh, starter, starter. Uh, Tomb of Annihilation, Storm King's Thunder. So it was my fourth campaign uh, mm. as a baby DM, and it was the first time I actually got to like really, really use my improvisation muscles, um, which I appreciate that because I learned a lot. You know, we had that whole thing yeah. at your dad's house 
end the game uh, uh, with that was all improvised. That was great. Um, but overall, for my table, for the experience I had, I, I give it a solid what seven out of ten. I was I was actually going to be a bit more cynical. I gave it like a six. Like I, I would almost say like a strong five to a light six out yeah. of ten. Like I was like I was really invested in it at first, but then about I don't know. I think I think it got to the point. Hmm, I can actually look in the recap log and kind of point out exactly <laughs> when. Yeah, which, but I think. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I. I I think it got to the point where after we killed the um, the clockwork guy, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> like like I got what I wanted out of this, you know. Yeah. And and I I don't know. Like I mean I I obviously I stuck around, you know. Like I wasn't gonna be like no this is dumb boy. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I was I was very unsatisfied with this. Hey. Yes, the ending was unsatisfying, but we did have a good time. Uh, oh yeah, uh, specifically, and it's going to bring us into session highlights. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. No. We we definitely had some fun. I just want to point out that one of my players, uh, she was playing a um, a board. I forgot which. Oh wait, I forgot which school it was. I think it was before she picked the school. Uh, <laughs> All you guys were um, breaking into a villa, uh, and inside and the, the villa was taken over by a bunch of bandits. And uh, you guys did really well about like sneaking around and like opening doors very, very silently. Uh, but then you get to your first encounter in the villa, which is downstairs in the hall, the main hall. And you know you guys dispatch of the bad guys or whatever. But then you hear some fighting upstairs. Well, hold on, hold on. Yeah, we dis- we dispatch the bad guys. But but I, I I don't know about anybody else, but I know I remember I took some pretty heavy hits. You got the shit being out of you, like yes. bad. I think no, you didn't go down, but you were pretty bad. Um, I was close. So you guys, you know, you hear the you guys hear the fighting upstairs, and you're all sneaking upstairs to see what's going on. Uh, and you know, you're you're like with your crutches and and your you know your your bandaid on your forehead. Uh, and I, and 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 I'm last in marching order, so I don't see what happens in the next room. <laughs> and as soon as I get to the to the second level, all uh, it was like halfway through the session, and my player Heather she just goes, "I cast Thunderwave," and walks away from the computer to get like a drink or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, "Okay," so I start rolling all the dice and I do all the things. <laughs> what she was unaware of was that Thunderwave. Is not a targeted spell. Yeah, <laughs> and she was. <laughs> it, it it does splash damage from where the spellcaster is. And she was essentially in the middle of everybody. Mm-hmm. And so she comes back. She comes back, and I'm like asking like the players to roll uh, DC a saving throw, and she's just like, "Why are we running a saving throw? What happened?" Needless to say. My friend Andrew got pushed through a door into another room and died. No, okay, hold on. Let me describe it to you how I saw it in my mind. Okay, we we dispatched <laughs> we dispatched the thugs downstairs. All right, they they head upstairs 
to to rescue whoever is fighting because there there's still the sounds of a fight happening upstairs. Okay. My character, role playing wise, kind of catches his breath. That's why he's last in marching order. And then he makes his way upstairs. And he hits the landing of the of the second floor and makes his way to the door just in time to hear Heather's bard cast Thunder Wave. <laughs> And immediately gets blown out, <laughs> like 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 Ant Man in, in Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing and the thing about it was was that even if I passed my Constitution saving throw, I had I had four hit points. Left. <laughs> so even if I even if I passed my my Constitution saving throw, I was hard dead (laughs) just out cold lights out (laughs) oh and that's not the first that's not the only time that happened andrew well hold on hold on okay so even so then the best part about it is is the encounter happens all right the the entire encounter gets resolved and then there's a role-playing session (laughs) and the entire time the entire time, like the next, this is like, like, like what, like half an hour to an hour. <laughs> the entire time, my character is dead in the other room, <laughs> and nobody, like, nobody's like, "Hey, where's Hal?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just, just thrown out the room, and then I, and then I just get completely forgotten about for essentially the rest of the session. Yep. Oh man, pretty much. And then, like, what, like the next session we had. There was a random encounter in the city with the lady and the cat. Oh God! Yeah, no, no, it, it wasn't the next encounter. No, 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 it wasn't the next session. It was um, I want to say like two or three sessions afterwards. We had a random encounter. You rolled a random encounter, and it went south really quickly. Like things did not go well, so we decided, okay, we're just gonna leave, and. <laughs> And as we were leaving, what's it? Something happened. Like there was like there was like a self destruct button. Pretty much, yeah. So the whole the cultist activated. I think it was a fireball. If right. I remember correctly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the random encounter was that was that it was some cultists that were trying to sacrifice a girl to summon a demon, and and the 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 summoning went wrong, and the cultists were being killed by the by the summoned. And we're like, okay, you know what? This was not our problem to begin with. <laughs> let's just let's just leave and pretend like nothing happened. And we walked out. And again, I'm last in marching order. I'm starting to pick up a trend here. <laughs> I'm last in marching order when one of the demons or something casts fireball. And again, I get blown out into the city street. <laughs> everybody, well, the thing is that everybody makes it out of the building out. <laughs> and that is a big <laughs> and yeah. then Hal's no, body no. just collapsed into the street. No, 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 no. I, I remember now. We all make it out and we're like, oh man, that was that was really close. And then the building <laughs> explodes. <laughs> and it's just why? Why does my character keep dying this way? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> That was great. You, you, that happened like that happened multiple times. You just had like a really bad luck with uh, with area of effect explosions caused by friendly fire. Yeah, <laughs> like it was just like I, that one. It was 
if I had a nickel for every time it happened, I would have four nickels. <laughs> which, granted, which granted, that's not a lot, <laughs> but but it's weird that it happened that many times. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then uh, another one I can remember from the from the campaign was when we um, when we were in the tower, we were looking for the stone of Galore. I remember that, mm-hmm. and then the gunslingers swing in. Mm-hmm. And they jump out of the window, and then the the roof the rooftop chase happens. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so, so the rooftop chase happens, and we're going by we're going by the chase rules, and everything is going swimmingly for for Trace, which was Howard's, Howard's character, Luna, which was Heather, and Souls, which was Alex's, and then my turn comes up. <laughs> you were the last one in the marching orders, right? I was the last last one in the marching order. <laughs> And I stepped on what was probably every single glyph of warning <laughs> this city had to throw at me. I it was I I I remember specifically telling the group it was like that scene in The Simpsons where Sideshow Bob keeps hitting the rakes. <laughs> Cause it was like every step I took, something happened. I hit I hit a glyph of warning and then I fell off a roof, and then I hit a glyph of warning on the way down from falling off the roof. <laughs> It was because Heather kept rolling nines. And I was just like, I was just, I was just so done. By the time that chase and then towards the end of the chase, everybody jumps off, uh, jumps, jumps off the rooftops onto this hallway, alleyway, I mean, and, um, and everybody makes it just fine. And my character, my, my character is literally a minute behind. <laughs> One minute. It, 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 my, my character is 10 rounds of action behind because of all. And, and I was like so excited. I'm like, yes, I'm going to be able to use my extra movement. I'm a monk. I have like good deck saves and stuff like that. I can make this. And I just immediate. It's like, it's like, it's like you, you might as well have just had a character just take a baseball bat to my character. <laughs> it just, oh, God. <laughs> Uh, it would have been even better if you like jump off the roof and like crack your ankle or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just just immediately jump off the roof, boom, compound fracture. That's it. My character's out for the rest of the game. I made it, guys. I made it. <laughs> Hold on, let me catch my breath. <laughs> That's okay. Eight hours of sleep and I'll and I'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so see, we do have uh, good stories from Dragon Heist. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. We had fun. <laughs> we had fun. Just it wasn't the kind of fun I was wanting to have. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, do you have anything else uh, about Dragon Heist that you want to talk about? Uh, um, the only thing, the only thing I would say about Dragon Heist is that if you're for anyone that wants to go into it, make sure you thoroughly read it first. Yes, like. It just just to make sure, hey, is this your is this your kind of group that wants to do something like this? Yeah. Like is this is your group like is your group comprised of world renowned voice actors and stuff like that <laughs> that is able to pull this off? Because because like I can I can definitely see this working in like a critical role like situation right. or dice camera right. action or something like that, because those are people that you know like to entertain and act and stuff like that. But I mean, for our, I got finished. Sorry to interrupt. Well, no, no. I mean, I mean, it's just for for me. I know I'm not. I'm not going to speak for everyone. I that's not my place. But I know for me, there were just some times where, 
I just wanted to hit stuff. You know, I like I liked role playing. I had a, I had a good time role playing. I had a lot of fun doing it. But then there were just some times where it's just like, I, I just want to hit things. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, I will say, um, it is for it is. There's a place for it. Uh, it's a nice break from all the big epics. Um, I feel the correct group and the, with the correct mindset will really enjoy the adventure. Um, sadly, uh, I was not in the mindset, and while my group thought they really wanted a lot of role playing, uh, we all just found out at the same time that we're not really about really big, big time role playing like that. Which is right. which is fine. It's you know we have fun with killing things and punching things in the face. That's fine. Right. That's what we do. And I think and I think just looking back and and stuff like at your like like reading back the texts and stuff about like your frustrations and what you had to deal with and stuff like that, I think a lot of this I cause I on I didn't read the book, obviously, because I'm not going to spoil myself on material. I'm just not that kind of person. But it seemed like from it seemed like the DM had to fill in a lot of gaps yeah. for this adventure. Yep, which again, an experienced DM might not have a hard time with it. But as a baby DM, this was my first time with such a, I wouldn't say sandbox, because it wasn't even sandbox. It was just vague. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I had a, I had a hard time with it. I learned a lot. I, I probably would do a lot better if I run it again, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. or anything similar to that again. Uh, but I definitely did learn a lot as a DM. It really, it really tested me because uh, I was so used to. Um, Tomb of Annihilation and Storm King's Thunder, which, while they're epic and sandboxy, um, it, it feel like it didn't require me to be so on my toes. Well, 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 because 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 the thing about that is is that like I'm I'm just going to use Tomb of Annihilation because uh, just as an example because I I haven't played Storm King's Thunder so I don't really know the gist of it and again didn't read the book because I'm not going to spoil myself on that kind of material. But Tomb of Annihilation. And this is something we had talked about before, but Tomb of Annihilation, you had a hard goal. Mm-hmm. You you knew right at the start, hey, uh, there is a curse that is making people not able to resurrect other people, and it is happening in this location. Yep. It is it has been it has been pinpointed to this location. So you're gonna have to go in there and figure out what exactly is going on. Yep. And then along and then along the way, spoilers, and then along the way, you learn that Aserac, the Lich of all Liches, is like has enacted this curse. Yep. And so you're like, okay, so now we have a goal and a what's the word I want I want to use here? And and an obstacle for that goal. Yep. Whereas in Dragon Heist, you're just like Okay, we need to find the stone of galore. What does it look like? I don't know. What does it do? I, I, I don't really know. Where where could it be? Uh, in the city somewhere. Uh. Yep. And also, it was very like, oh yeah, you can you're looking for five hundred thousand gold, but you have a business. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I like like well like while five hundred thousand gold is really cool. It was a one level one through five, and our players are not really much about, you know, level twenty play either. So like five hundred thousand gold for them was just kind of like okay, cool. I guess gold. You know what I mean? It wasn't epic. It was just steal the gold. I think. I think what. And 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 again, 
that's all I, I can't I can't stress enough how much this just boils down to our table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it's just like I think I know me personally, I like a good story. You know? Yeah. Like give me a classic story where hey, here's a villain, you have to overcome said villain, and I'll I'll be okay with that. This is a bit more nebulous. This was yep. you know, different. Yep. And it just it just personally it just did not gel with me as well as it might have with some other people. Yep. Again, and you, you make you make a good point, Andrew. Uh if anybody actually will listen to this episode, this is all opinion based on our table. <laughs> oh yeah. We are not professional reviewers. We don't like oh follow our no. All opinion based. Um we had a good time. And uh and 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 again, also, I just I just want to stress before you go any further. Again, I don't even speak for the other players. I'm just speaking for myself. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to give Dragon Heist, uh, if a lot of role play, a lot of investigation, a lot of like vague, you know, mysteries call your attention and, and call the attention of your players, uh, you know, go ahead, purchase it. You know, um, ask your DM to run it, run it yourself. It's a lot of fun. It's really well made. Uh, except for the maps, but that's my own personal grief. <laughs> uh, well, we're gonna have a whole episode. Just yeah. mine, so. uh, Dyson logos, you're great. I love your art. Um, that's the guy who makes the maps. Uh, but yeah, um, where are we going next, Andrew? Well, okay, so we're actually we're actually going to go forward by going backwards. Oh, <laughs> and by the, and by that I mean um, so. You're you're experiencing a little bit of burnout. Yes. You've been you've been wanting to play. Yes. Okay. You've been wanting to, you've been you've been wanting to be on the other side of the screen. Meanwhile, for ever since it has come out, I have been sitting on Curse of Strahd and I have been wanting to play it and I have and I have begged you to Jose, please let me have this one. You can play you can you can run any other adventure, but please, 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 please let me have this one. <laughs> so, so we, and I was absolutely delighted to hear that um, the other players were totally on board with it. Because I was, you know, like being fairly new to the group. I was like, I don't know if they'll want to, you know, do something like that. But they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go for it. So I was like, yes. Yeah. And I immediately started prepping it. <laughs> This was like what a month ago, <laughs> dude. I don't know. No, don't even say it's been a month ago. You've been you've been going on this adventure for you've been studying this adventure for like a year now, at least. Yes, and we are playing our very first session at the time of this recording. We are going to be playing our very first session tomorrow. <laughs> and I am super excited. And super nervous. <laughs> I am super excited. I, I don't. I've gotten to play just a hand, not even a handful of times, like two, two fingers worth of times. Like, I, I'm so happy. I'm gonna play. <laughs> I will cry. <laughs> uh, I'm playing a blood hunter because I love The Witcher, and Matt Mercer was nice enough to make a Witcher class, and I'm gonna go for it because screw you guys. However, my character's not gonna be broody and emo. He's gonna be a nice, well balanced human. I mean, elf. Yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of funny that because we haven't we haven't gotten all the characters yet, but I think it's kind of funny that um, right now, as we're as we're speaking, your character who is who uses blood magic, 
is the least edgiest of the characters that <laughs> that that have been introduced so far. Yep. Um, because you know, you know, because naturally, you know, we had our session zero, and I said, "Hey, it's going to be you know, kind of a sort, you know, a gothic horror kind of thing." So I am go out, be edgy, you know, make some. I want to see some heavy metal imagery, and and well, they delivered. Man, Oh man, we got we got some great characters coming out. So, should, oh, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. You should, you should mention them. Yes. So we have your blood hunter. Yes. Who, who, uh, hurts? I don't. We we haven't really established how he hurts himself. He's, he's just gonna yeah. start by cutting himself like little cuts on his hands and stuff like that. Okay. Nothing. All right. So so he cuts himself, draws blood, and then uses that blood to enact. Uh, right magic yeah. right yeah our r-i-t-e yeah. magic right which gives him like you know like one d4 of certain elemental you know uh damage and that's his character for right now oh also i decided because we just did a one through five campaign i'm like screw it we're gonna start at level three let's just jump right in there which i'm so thankful like, for yeah, like, 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 let's not retread the one through three. Like, no, 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 no. Let's just go. Let's just get in there. Um. So that's your character. And then Heather is going to be playing a warlock whose patron is what? What exactly is it? It's like don't, it's like. Don't tell me. A, I'm a, no, don't spoil it for me. No, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I'm just no. no I'm just. I'm trying to remember what she said in the chat. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Hers is like her her patron is celestial, like a, right? yeah, it's a celestial patron. Thank you. I was trying to remember the classification of it, and she's going to be playing as a Azamar, a um, oh God, I'm I'm drawing nothing but blanks here. Celestial. The hold on, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> Let's see. Anyway, so she's going to be playing an Azamar, the kind that flies. Yes. Protect, and, protect your yes, a protector Azamar, the kind that flies and whatnot, and can like you know emit like these like glowing fiery wings, and like her eyes glow and stuff like that. Badass. And Alex is going to be playing a lizard folk grave domain cleric who wears scale mail made from the bones of his dead enemies. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I'm like. Jesus, can I just give you inspiration just for that imagery alone? <laughs> He's gonna be the weird one in the group. <laughs> yeah, but, and it is it it is awesome. Like just I, what he said about like while he's doing that short rest or long rest, he's gonna just gonna be making art out of bones. Yeah, which, quote unquote art. That's <laughs> just great. Well, like this, I think like for this, this, like this well, of like bone sculptures. Well, I read a little bit about lizard folk, and they can make they can make like darts and simple weapons out of bones and stuff. Oh yeah, they're yeah. crafty. They're crafty people. So, <laughs> so that's amazing. And, yeah, and, he, and, it, and here I thought I was going to be the one with like the darkest and most weird class. Nope. Yeah. They 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 really stepped it up. Yeah. So. And then we went oh, in for another man. one, but sure enough, he'll he'll, he'll deliver soon. Um, yeah. Um, well, well, he said he said he was thinking about playing a fighter. Oh, that's and right. I'm, I forgot. And I'm really hope I'm really really hoping he goes with the fighter because because that is the one thing I've yet to see in Five E was a proper fighter. Which I think when this is this is a discussion for another time. 
but we can I, I could just briefly say this. Five E made the fighter go from one of the most boring classes to one of the most interesting classes in my mind. Like it completely rubber band like that class to like the most interesting to me. So I think I lost. No, no, no. I'm still here. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a fighter in any of our games. Uh, well, except for the starter, but that's because they were pre-made. Um, right. But like a proper, like actual fighter. What else? Oh, and a warlock. But now we're gonna have a warlock. Yep, is- we're gonna have a warlock, which I've I've always had a soft spot for for whatever reason. I've always liked warlocks. Yep. I like the I I like the idea. Yeah, sorry. I like the idea that there is a patron. That given that has given you these powers, but at a cost, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Eldritch Blast. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and and when and when Heather said, "I'm gonna let Andrew decide what the patron is," I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, uni- unicorns are celestial. Just saying. No, unicorns are boring. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you, have, you haven't met the correct unicorns just saying huh so you haven't met the, the the right unicorns i guess so um is there anything you're looking forward to uh since now you know i mean you know the group already uh right you played a full adventure and a half with us like is there anything you're looking forward to us as the players i am as the players, okay. So what I'm looking forward to, and and again, this is, you know, expectations versus reality sort of thing. Right. What I what I, what I'm looking forward to is seeing how these players kind of react to this environment that they're going to be going into, because without without spoiling too much, it's it's essentially going to be like a old fashioned universal horror movie, like the black and white kind of thing. Nice. That's, that's what, that's what they're going to be thrusted into. So I'm really interested to see how these characters kind of react to that and how, you know, and, and naturally how the, you know, the main villain kind of assesses these characters and whatnot. So, I mean, it's, there's a, there's a lot of factors going into this. Um, and I, I'm very excited to see, you know, the character development of this all, of this whole thing. I'm excited to see Heather make a friend, uh, a warlock, because she makes, she befriends a creature in every adventure. And sometimes right. multiple. I think by the end of Storm King's Thunder, she had an octopus, a flying snake, and a chicken. Don't ask me how she carried all that stuff. Um, I think <laughs> I'm waiting for Alex, now that I know he's playing a lizard fork, to just make the most random fucking shit out of bones. Right. Just add, and he's going to make it work. He, yeah, and he's going to like make it work, and it's going to be awesome. Because it's not going to be overpowered, because he knows better. And like he's, it's just going to be pure flavor, and it's going to be great. Um, right. And I'm waiting for Howard's fighters one-liners. Because even though Howard is our, our, our quieter player, he has the best one-liners in every situation. He does. He does. Oh, oh, and another thing. Where did we um did we make it concrete that your character has a stutter? Yes. Okay. Well, I don't think I don't, I don't think the players know yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I keep saying the players. Oh, I don't well, think the rest of the party know. 
well, by the time this comes out, we'll, you know, right. we'll, we'll, we'll have already played the first session. So yeah. Um, me and Jose were talking and I think I, and, and this was probably because it chapter two had come out mm-hmm. and, and me and you decided that it would be weirdly cool to have your character have a stutter <laughs> you know yeah well and it makes sense i, I think we brought it up just because of it but then you mentioned it that because my um my charisma is a negative one it makes yeah. it makes perfect sense right yeah because yeah, he like it, that way it, it would be like a non what's the word like non-disastrous way to give you that little like that little lack of charisma yeah yeah you know so which I need, because it's not like some which i need to practice right. with a stutter i don't know I, 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 I don't know if i can actually do it well you just did right, so there you go. <laughs> it'll get better i promise <laughs> so yeah no I'm, I'm i'm really excited for this and also i'm really excited to the the thing i'm excited from and i'm peeling back the curtain here a bit because i i trust you i played well you ran it a little bit before um, didn't go too far, yeah. but I, like what level five? I think it's up to what I got. Yes, I want to say either level four. Or five. <laughs> it wasn't too far. No, it wasn't. It wasn't really that far. Um, but the thing I'm really excited for is that having read the book, more or less studied it, I'm excited to run Strahd von Zarovich because. He is probably one of the best villains I have ever seen put on paper, <laughs> like in in a game. I'm excited. I'm really excited to like, uh, to 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 um to meet him because I I think the last bit I met him in the last time we played, he just kicked our asses, but we didn't really get to actually like get to interact with him. He was just like there, right? Yeah. Right, and that's and that's kind of that's kind of his. I don't want to say that's his like method, but there there are reasons why he shows up, and that's that's entirely for you to figure out. Sweet, I'm excited. Yeah, super. High. Yeah, and that's and that's another thing too is that like he's there, he's present, he's not hiding in the tallest tower, you know, in his lair or something. He is like active. So yeah, that's, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah, I'm really, dude. I, you have no idea how excited I am for tomorrow. This whole week, I've just been like, well, you know, I made like my character the day one. I like been bugging you about roll twenty. Right. Yeah. It's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you showed me how to use roll twenty. You bought me the adventure. Yes. For roll twenty. Yes. <laughs> which which I can't I can't repay you enough. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna uh, you're gonna run this vision. You're gonna do it. <laughs> and you are gonna like it. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I am. I am super excited. I can't wait. Oh, uh, you know what? You know what? I can't wait for. Hmm. Balter's Gate descend into a furnace. <laughs> oh yes. Q yes, 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 yes. metal. <laughs> like what's it? They they um because I frequent the the R. Well, I, I I frequent a lot of D and D subreddits, and and even they had to put like a sticky post saying like, "Hey, look, don't post anything about Baldur's Gate yet. <laughs> <laughs> just just let it 
let it simmer because it came out it came out really recently didn't it, came it? Out last week yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so so there's a lot of people being like don't post anything don't <laughs> not not even like screenshots really um, why because it's because there are um because they because they want they want the people to go in as spoiler free as possible. Oh, that's right. Because the, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Sorry, I follow the yeah. I follow the the dungeon master specific Facebook uh-huh. group for that adventure. I don't follow like a regular D and D group. Right. Yeah. No, that makes that makes total sense, dude. That yeah. I'm I'm so hyped. I haven't read the whole thing yet because I was getting I was so hyped for it. I was I felt like I was overstepping. I was stepping over uh, Curse of Strahd, so I just put it away. And I was like, once we start getting towards the end of Crush of Strahd, I'll start reading it or whatever. Um, well, well, I was kind of hoping that this would also give you that kind of chance to breathe yeah. and, you know, kind of, you know, so that way you can read the book and get as, you know, juice as many details out mm-hmm. of it as you can. So, so that way, when you do run it, like you, you are satisfied with your own performance. Yes. Yes. You know that's, what that's what I want because I didn't get a chance to do that with Waterdeep. And I really regret it. And yeah. I want to read all of it at least twice because there is right. so much. Dude, oh my God. I can't even, at least twice. I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. There's so many things, so many juicy, juicy bits. I've been waiting for, okay. I know I've been saying that our group like epics, but when I say epics, so far the biggest thing we fought was like a, a, a storm giant. Actually, no. Right. The storm giant was on our side. We were fighting like, uh, okay, a cloud giant. Okay, so 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 to clarify, when you say epic, you mean like the pretty standard, right? Dungeons and Dragons, right? Like fight the big monster at the end with dungeons and with dragons. Yes, yes, but, and or slash dragons. But we haven't had an adventure this epic. By really? epic, I mean like. Plane, planes and scales and um uh oh man it's i'm drawing a blank uh consequences like it is it's big it's i mean you're going into a burn it's on the title yeah and the little bit i read of just the stuff that happens between uh before the adventure it's already like really cool so i can't really? i can't even imagine all the details of the actual adventure and it's, I mean, it's Baldur's Gate, which is, people describe it as the Gotham of the, the Sword Coast. Right. There's even a class called, uh, there's, a, there's another class, sorry, a background on the book uh, called the Faceless One. Uh-huh. Which is essentially Batman. You're Batman. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> wow. You read it and you're like, that's, that's just Batman. That's badass. Like, like you already start with your with dead parents. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like you're just a hero, and you have a mask and stuff, and it's it's cool. It's really cool. Don't want to get too much into it. All I'm gonna say right. is Fury Road, going down to hell. I can't wait to actually have, first of all, the time to actually enjoy reading the book, and the time mm-hmm. to prepare for the adventure. I only have one question. Yeah. You know how much I like my music. Mm-hmm. How compatible is the Doom soundtrack to this game? It's very compatible. And you know what's funny? I was actually, uh-huh. the other, when I was talking to my friend about the metal concert or whatever and all that stuff, uh-huh. I, was actually, I was actually thinking of asking you to help me compose or gather the playlist for the soundtrack for Avernus. 
dude. Because your music is exactly what I imagine demons and devils play in Avernus when they're when they're uh, chilling. Dude, just okay for anyone that's there, for anyone that doesn't know, I'm also a pretty big metalhead. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you need, just give me. You don't even have to. You don't even have to be like descriptive. Just give me a mood. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll like like give me a mood and a temperature, oh, yeah. like hot, hot and angry. Okay, I can get that for you. I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna be using your metal knowledge, uh, for yeah. The, yeah, for this adventure. It's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty epic. Um, but yeah, that's that's what and, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, and that and that was one of those things. At first, I was initially really not not I wasn't upset, not not at all. I was I was like a little like oh he got to it before I could. <laughs> But then I realized, wait a minute, that means I get to I get to participate in this. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I I remember yeah. I was driving to Miami because we were going to visit my girlfriend's uh, family, and I was like, dang it, I'm gonna miss the uh, the life of uh, the D and D, the Dungeons and Dragons um, spectacular thing they had. I forgot what it was called. Uh, it was called uh-huh. the Descent. Whatever. It's when they reveal the next adventures and stuff. Right. That was that was their sort of like convention. Yeah. Thing. And as I was driving down, I was listening to like what what was coming up and whatever as soon as they reveal avernus and they they revealed that it was going to be essentially um mad max fury road uh esque types uh adventure in hell in hell i told my girlfriend that was in the passenger seat to text you that i called dips on the adventure <laughs> and i was like i i i think i think i immediately replied to and in, in all caps son of a bitch <laughs> Because I was, I was like, I was like, no, this is like tailor made for you. I know. Yeah. No, but it sounds, it sounds like it's going to be a blast to run. It sounds like it's going to be a blast to play on it. Um, I'm, I'm my care. I've already, I've already like came up with a character for it. Oh, so yeah. There's a whole section for backgrounds. Uh, that like, you know how usually they give you like one or three tops right they change almost every single one of the already known backgrounds specifically for this adventure really? yeah wow yeah. oh man yeah just 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 that it'll they put a lot of love into this adventure and, and you can tell it's i'm excited and in about a year's time you guys are going to hear our review now see now see i think and i think this is kind of important to talk about i think the reason why because you said there's a lot of love going into this mm-hmm. I think the reason why that was was because they were like they came out with Dragon Heist and then they kind of came out with Ghost of Salt Marsh, which is essentially a reimagining yeah. of of uh, some older adventures. So that makes me think that while they they probably had two teams of writers, oh yeah, and one team was working on Ghost of Salt Marsh, essentially converting it, mm-hmm. but the main but like the main team was like, okay, we gotta we gotta crack out Avernus, yeah, you know, oh yeah, and. Oh, yeah. So oh. that's exactly that's exactly how I imagine it because Salt Marshes, it's essentially just uh, revamp, you know, which is nice. Yeah. And now don't now, now don't get me wrong, Salt Marsh is nice. Yeah. And I and I I want to run it. Yeah, you have it. But, um. Yeah. But before, let me see. Tomb of Annihilation was like the last really big epic one that came out. That was like, right. you know like all oh, big monsters or whatever the world the world is ending. Because after that was Waterdeep, which as we just discussed, it was a more uh localized uh you know very toned down yeah adventure which is fine it was a nice break yeah and then dungeon of the mad mage which is um which is essentially just the underkeep 
you know, under under Waterdeep and under mountain, down the mountain, sorry, um, under Waterdeep. And, you know, we've seen a lot of that stuff before. It was really nice for them to actually like flesh it out and just. For me, it's more of like a yawning portal type situation. Hey, you guys want to do right. a dungeon crawl? Let's jump into level fifteen of the of the Undermountain. Right. That that'd be something that's like more for like like a like a like an actual party. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, pretty much. Like, and, so. and same thing with Salt Marsh. For what I understand, I don't know much about it. It is. It is. It is very like they understanding Salt Marsh. It's. It's essentially a series of one shots mm-hmm. that does have a sort of thin connection between all the other ones, but you, there's no there's no underlying lore or story, so you can honestly just pick an adventure at random and just be like, okay, let's run this. Everyone make level whatever characters for this one. Yep. So, so that's all yeah. we had, and then that's it, right? Yeah. And then they came out with Avernus, which is the next big thing, and holy crap. By the way, I bought the limited edition book from my local store, yes. and it looks so sexy. I am going to sit on that book for about a year until it's about $800 on eBay, and then I'm not going to sell it because I want it. Yeah, you, 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 sent, you sent me pictures of uh, the limited edition book. Huh? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I keep interrupting you. No, 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 no. You're fine. I keep interrupting you. Um, but no, you you sent me some pictures of the of the um, limited edition descent in the Avernus book, and it is probably <sighs> this is unfortunately just ammo for people that still believe in the satanic panic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 but that but that means it is perfect for what i want yes yeah. and if, <laughs> oh, for all of you guys out there that don't know or are thinking about or are iffy about buying the dice set that they have because to be fair the tomb of annihilation dice set that they have was very underwhelming very yeah. very underwhelming um and the, the dice sets for uh which I, I have all of these the dice sets for um Guildmaster's Guys to Ravnica. They were really nice, uh, but they were just a, it was just a, a, a dice set. Like it was, it was cool. And same pretty much with the dice set for Dragon um, Dragon Heist. Again, mm-hmm. they, they ramped up the colors a little bit. It was a little bit more thematic. It was a lot nicer. But the dice set for Avernus, Descending to Avernus, holy crap. Just the yeah. box itself has a beautifully crafted feel to it. And I know it's mass produced, but the way it looks, it has uh, like a foil on the like foil lines around it. It makes it look very, um, very celestial, demonic type. It's amazing. Then you open it, and it has uh, felt inside of it for you to roll your dice. Both sides have it, and it doesn't only come with a full set of dice. Which I mean by a full set, I mean four d sixes, and then two d twenties, and obviously all the rest, which is really nice. But it also comes with a bunch of essentially, um, essentially a guide to Avernus, like a bunch of like demons, uh, like cutouts of demons um, with descriptions from Volo in the back. Uh, it comes with a big, um, a big map for the players of Avernus, and on the back side of the of the map, it has the scale of the devils and the demons, so you can see how big they are compared to a human. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Oh, 
Oh, bro, I'll send you pictures later, but it's it's gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it, this is the first die set that the that um, Wizards of the Coast has come out with that is a hundred percent worth even MSRP price. Which, to be fair, you can find it on Amazon for like almost half off. You can find them on your local stores for really cheap too. But I will yes. I will pay the full MSRP if I had to because it is totally worth it. Yeah, you can I I can just tell just 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 from the amount of like ground swell that descent in the Avernus um was getting, mm-hmm. you know, cuz this is was this was this the first time that they did like a real big public announcement for <sighs> Man, I feel ashamed to say that I don't really follow them. No, no, I don't oh, maybe. Cuz I know that well, I, because, well, cuz I know that because, the, the C team played the Stormkin's Thunder preview stuff lot right right yeah like the the, uh acquisitions incorporated sort of introduced storm king's thunder and tomb annihilations with their packs east and west shows right but i don't know if this was the first time that wizards of the coast did a just just an announcement just for a game without without you know way of like an introduction like that i'm I'm not entirely sure (laughs) and um but you could just tell by by like the sort of clout and stuff that this is like you know that it has and the amount of anticipation and stuff like that like wizards of the coast is really like they're not they're not pushing it but so i'm so i'm really excited to see what you know what's going to happen because like this is really big yes yeah i agree with you um the event that they did was called the descent it was like mm-hmm. a live streaming, and it wasn't. It, to be fair, it wasn't only for Avernus. Avernus was like the big boy. Um, right. They also announced a bunch of other stuff, which we'll go uh, over that like later. Um, but I mean, like, I mean, like they were coming out with like promo posters mm-hmm. and stuff like that for this. Like there was a lot of showmanship behind this, which I love. I mean, they, I don't, I don't remember the exact statistics, but like, what it was like, all of a sudden everybody was playing D and D. I mean, they have to get to be getting some big bucks, so. Right, and I love that they, well, and, it shows, and I love it. And also, um, how how do you actually pronounce that guy's name? That guy's Chris name. Perkins. No, 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 no. Joe, Man- no, Joe, Joe Mangalino. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, Joe. Yeah. Let me Google it real quick. Because I because I know it's a running joke that we constantly mispronounce it, but there is an actual way to pronounce his name. Joe Joe Manganiello. I guess. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe Manganiello. Apparently, he had some something to do oh. with the making of this game as well. I can't even. Ugh, I can't. I can't go into that. Spoilers. Yeah, that that that's just what I heard. I heard he had some input mm. into the production of this as well. So, like, I'm I'm excited. Which, by the way, that man is an angel. Just saying. Yeah, like like an actual like in real life. He like he's he he's, he's he kind of he kind of took the crown. Of the patron saint of D and D nerds from Vin Diesel. Yeah. yeah. Well, he called him <laughs> out. Do you, do you see that interview? No, I didn't. He calls him out because he said when it, that's when he went at, uh, to the Tonight Show with um, uh-huh. with Humble. What's his name? Oh, there's a Stephen Colbert. Yeah, with Stephen Colbert, and they were talking about Dungeons and Dragons, and then Stephen mentions that Vin Diesel plays, and Joe Mangalino is like, "Well, he says he plays, but I've never seen them playing." And I know everybody Ooh. in Hollywood that plays, and nobody plays with him. Ooh. And everyone was like, "Oh snap!" He he invited him to play with him, but you know, right? right I guess right. he hasn't responded. Well, 
Well, did did you see that stream that Joe Manganella started where it was just all buff guys playing D and D? Yeah, death, uh, death safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, that's awesome. It's fantastic, it's it's yeah. amazing. But no, I I love that man. Uh, if you see him in real life, it's actually hard to see him. It's like you're looking at a celestial. It's great. Yeah, yeah. You have to, yeah, you have to yeah, bow you, down. You can't look him straight in the eye. You know, pay, if, pay your respects I mean, and always and always back away, facing forward. I mean, I mean, you can look at him in the eye, but you got to make a wisdom save. That's a really high DC. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, if I ever get like a birthday wish, I want to play with him. I want to play. I want to play a game. A game with him, alongside with Matt Mercer, DM by Chris Perkins. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, no, that's that that's definitely in my bucket. No, no, my bucket list is just to shake Chris Perkins' hand. Oh my god. And then never wash that hand again. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> oh, and of course, like and, and of course, that uh, Terry Crews has to be there too for you know to hype, oh, yeah, to hype me up. Just saying. <laughs> like, like I, like I will shake Chris Perkins's hand and then put it in like that glass case that they had in Zoolander for the hand yeah. like models, <laughs> and that's and that's where it's gonna go now. <laughs> so. un- un- understandable, understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man. But I think we are nearing the end of our podcast episode. Oh, yeah, it was it was nice. I don't know how long we've been talking to uh, talking for, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much where we are right now with D and D and tabletop stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I and and just for any future listeners, this is not always going to be about Dungeons and Dragons. It's going to be about you know some other things as well. It's I would say it's probably gonna be like a nice like what eighty twenty split. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, so, just, I mean, just so you guys know, like we, our group is going to play Cyberpunk Red. Uh, we also Andrew and I <laughs> want to get everybody else hooked on a uh, Starfinder because we want to do some sci-fi yes. stuff. Uh, so eventually, yes. I'm pretty sure eventually we're gonna talk about all that stuff. We always talking about the the next tabletop game that we that we encounter because we have no lives I don't, and we just play board games all day. I, I was actually reading into it. I don't think the transition from 5e to Starfinder is going to be that bad. Hmm. Um, no, it's, cause it's because it, it, I mean it's a D, it's based on D20. It's, it's based on D20. Right. Yeah. yeah, but I mean it is still based on Pathfinder, which one of our players, Howard, he he's played Pathfinder before, yes. so he's comfortable with that. Yeah. yeah. But I'm I'm just worried about it kind of not overwhelming, but just being a little too much. And for the first yeah. session, it might be, but it's fine. Yeah. They'll get used to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Never underestimate your players. Rule no, number one. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, if you guys uh, like our voices and our content. Or, or if you want to tell us how our voices are annoying you and grating on your ears. Which I understand because <laughs> I hate my voice. Uh, make sure to follow <laughs> us on our Facebook, uh, Instagram, and soon to come website. Um, at a talk of opportunity for all of them. So don't forget, don't forget to plug the YouTube page. Oh, that's right. And our YouTube at a talk of opportunity. Uh, thank you yeah. for joining us this beautiful evening. I just want you to remember at the time of this recording, it's the beginning of fall. And we're going to be playing curse of Strahd soon. So, so get ready, get ready for it to be extra spooky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And to keep, uh, keep rolling well and keep adventuring forward. Yeah. Hell yeah. And we'll see you next time. And talk of opportunity. Okay, bye.